hey i had a really great time i would love to do that again so give me a call back um you never did call me to let me know you got in safely so i was just checking on you all right call me back Okay, I'm very confused. We went out, we had a good time, at least I thought we had a good time, and now you dodging me, you're not answering my calls. That's real crazy to me. Call me back. Call me back. Call me back. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Date podcast. This is the Healthy Dating Preservation Podcast for millennials and anyone else who might need it. We are your hosts, Imani. And Candace. We're back again. This is part two of our anniversary special. And it's only been a few days and part one already has over 100 listens on SoundCloud. We, I haven't checked um, iTunes, but it doesn't give me the analytics until like 30 days later. So we'll check that. But thank y'all for celebrating with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. We appreciate it. Yes. Yes, we do. So we've been talking about sex. (laughs) We've been talking about sex. And um, on part one, we talked about the process of introducing sex into the dating equation, whether it's casual dating or you've moved a little bit past casual. And we also talked about like how our relationship with sex kind of is the foundation for how we discuss sex with our sexual partners. Um, so let's recap a little bit. Um, okay. Candace, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, what? Which one we recap? The letter. You just recap. Oh, I'm talking about the letter. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe like, I should have hey, said. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I just jumped in and out when you said Candace recap. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 what else do you want me to say? What more do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus. Help. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, um, just to go back into what we were talking about last week and all you guys' participation, thank you again. We actually got a letter in response to what we were talking about. So, we'll jump right in. This letter is from Charlie, like Baltimore. Um, You charge for the name, but it's so good. (laughs) First off, I love the show. Y'all keep me laughing and constantly waiting for the next episode. If you ever do a live show in the Atlanta area, I'll be there faster than Michael Jackson running from Joe. You going to hell. Oh, <laughs> God rest both of their souls. Lord both Jesus. Both of them. My God. <laughs> Y'all been setting up with the me. I wonder if Not she wrote funny. that before or after we got the news. <laughs> I know. That is petty. Oh, oh my gosh. So I feel horrible, but keep reading. (laughs) (laughs) But for my response to this episode, yes! Okay. So I said it like that. A few years ago, I was in a relationship with a guy. Let's call him Bobby. And I wasn't sure if he would be my husband or not. And I told him explicitly, I don't think I should be having sex with someone I'm not going to be with. Bobby took that personally because as I found out later, he was, a ser- he was serious about a future with me, and I wasn't sure. So after we broke up, I started my abstinence run. I knew that this wouldn't be until marriage, but I knew it would be until I could at least see an undeniable future with that person. 
I would still go on dates with guys, and at first I wanted, I waited to tell them that I wasn't having sex. I'm sorry, I thought that was a period. I ain't got my glasses on. <laughs> that turned out <laughs> to be wasting my time. So I began to do as Rob, which was our author who um, was on the previous episode, mentioned. He does, and let the guy know immediately if they hadn't already heard. Now, this wasn't something I was broadcasting all over my social media, but my friends and any guy that even asked me on a date whether I was interested or not found out. That helped tremendously. I immediately started to see who was really there for me. Some guys didn't last past the first date. Others claimed that it didn't bother them, but I found out after a few weeks or so when they just stopped calling. And I was fine with that because I knew that they weren't for me. Then I met someone else. We'll call him James. James was a virgin who was saving himself for his wife. He was a youth pastor at a church. We worked for the same company, not in the same department. And he seemed to have it all together. Good job, own house, own car, and was very well traveled. We weren't official, but we were together dating for a few months. We obviously went on dates, cooked dinner for each other, went on trips. It was everything I wanted without the pressure of sex. But then he had to be a man and lie, and it, and I ended it. God, y'all always. Oh, and she literally, right? She literally wrote, "They always find a way to mess it up, don't they, girl?" Oh, I can say that. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Oh, this prince charming. This is where the story ends." But no, I know. I was like, "Yes, abstinence is over." And then she's like, "Girl, he messed up. He lied." <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can say that it was probably more painful than ending something with someone I was having sex with because we had a connection deeper than just sex. So now right. I went back to my single and celibate journey again, and I was okay with that. Well, let me tell you how God worked. I randomly started seeing my ex, Bobby, here and there, and a mutual friend of ours was throwing a surprise B-Day party. Birthday. Why did I say B-Day? Birthday party for his wife. <laughs> at, at the dinner, Bobby shows up looking gorgeous. And I know I was looking good, too, because I had okay. just came from vacation, so I had me a nice little tan, and my poetic okay. braids was still fresh. We said hey to each other, but nothing else the rest of the dinner. After the dinner, I got up to leave, and he gets up to walk me to my car, but I had valet. Mm, that's how they get Long, you. Every single time. But she said, but I have valet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Long story short, he invites me to a movie that night. He said, follow me to him, follow him to his house and he'll drive. Y'all, it's 11 p.m. What movie is showing? So I did. And since there was nothing playing that late, (laughs) (laughs) since there's nothing playing that late, we watched the movie on his couch and we've literally been together every day since. I told him that I was still Uh not having sex until I was ready and he was totally fine with that. But I also made clear eventually after us talking for a while the second time that just because we weren't having sex did not mean he could go get it anywhere else, especially if he was serious about having anything with me. Well, fast forward almost a year later, we're still together, living together Um, and supporting each other uh, every step of the way. uh, All that to say, yes, sex is very important, but what's even more important is that if you're doubting any aspect of your relationship, take sex out. If it all falls to shit, excuse my French. This what she said. She cursed at me, guys. This time it wasn't me. <laughs> then, <laughs> then that relationship isn't for you. But if it doesn't, or if it comes back, that's the one for you, girl. 
possibly. I'm not an expert. And we, especially women, have to be okay with being single after our mid-20s. I think I'm tripping over it because this ain't just for us. This is for men, too. But anyway, and we, especially women, have to be okay with being single after our mid-20s because settling for anything is never okay. And then she yes, used the quote as well from George Adair that says, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And I think we can all take that into account when it comes to telling somebody no, telling somebody yes, if you're really wanting to move forward. Um, you have to get past that place where you're uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable. And you're not scared to actually see what it has to hold. So, um, that was a good letter. Um, I did a lot of those parts. Congratulations for getting your old boo back. I tried that, did not work. Okay, me too. And (laughs) honey, I tried that too, and we hate each other now. So, well, not hate. That's rude. But girl, that don't work for everybody. I don't have. (laughs) Yeah, mine too. That's embarrassing. <sighs> you know, that is what it is. rekindling works for some people and not for others. We did an episode about that. I don't remember which one it is, but go through the episodes and find out. Right. Um, In that episode, we definitely talked about sex being an issue for me. So I can definitely relate to her feeling like, he, I meant her saying that he took it personal because that's mm-hmm. how my ex was. I don't really, I can't. I don't understand why you would take that personal, but I know why they take it personal. Because like I said before, they feel like you're taking sex away from them versus looking at it as you doing something to develop you. So Because everything we do is has everything to do with them and nothing to do with ourselves. That's why. Uh, um <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for sending that in, Charlie. We really, pre- we really appreciate you taking the time to listen and give us feedback, y'all. We love this, like feedback and comments Letters. and suggestions. Like, yes, everything. Send them in. We want to read them. We want to read them it on the show. It shows us that you're listening, right? We want to. We literally have a section carved out to read them to take advantage of it. <laughs> oh, and another thing for all of you very opinionated men who listen to our show. Um, and want to validate your opinions on air. This is also the best avenue for you to do that. Because we are not always going to be able to have every single person who has an opinion on the show. But we do welcome you to participate in the show by writing in. So you can write in to SaveTheDaySOS at gmail.com or you can hit us on Instagram or you can hit us on Twitter. Hit us anywhere else but in my inbox telling me how I need to have you on my show. Okay. Okay. I love y'all though. Because <laughs> I, I don't. It's like, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all, but there are other ways to support us besides putting guests though in our. Seat, yeah, we're not literally. going to. If any guests that we have on the show, unless they are some kind of expert at something, it's not going to be an episode centered on you. Like, that's just anybody requesting to be on the show. It's not going to be a show about you giving your opinion on everything that we said. Like, that's just not how this works. So, you know, sit tight, like she said, um, send in your letters and let's, let's do it that way. Send in your feedback, um, and other avenues. Um, so let's go ahead and get into part two. 
Okay. okay, so guys, uh, we have a special guest um, back for our part two show to talk with us. Um, her name is Cheryl, and Cheryl, if you want to introduce yourself, kind of tell our audience a little bit about you, and then we'll jump into the conversation. Sure. Um, hi, as Candace stated, my name is Cheryl. Uh, I am a graduate student um, studying to receive my master's in clinical mental health and counseling with a um, specialty on um, sexuality. Um, I intend to, once I'm done with the um, graduate, my graduate work, I am going to pursue all the licensure and training I can to become a certified sex therapist, although I am not there yet. I am receiving proper training and education for that trek. Um, I have been interested in this particular field for years. I believe that sexuality has been a little bit overhyped, but yet undervalued. Um, mm-hmm. I think people just look at the aesthetics of sexuality, the, the, phys- the physical um, connection of it, and don't really look at the spiritual and mental connection of it, and they underestimate what it really can do, the, the, the purpose it can really serve between people, between societies, um, between humanity. And I think mm-hmm. that because it's so um, sensationalized with, you know, media, um, social media, you know, television media, you know, whatever, magazines, that it really doesn't, it really doesn't receive its full credit for, it, for the, how beauty how, how, how beautiful it is and how and how um, enriching it can be in someone's life. So, and and oh. I've only recently I've only recently um, decided to take this journey because I have children and I am now at a point where my children are old enough to basically not depend so much on me. So I'm taking that time to or taking this time to actually go back and do what I want to do for me and that's hey, to man. try to yeah <laughs> thank you and that's try wow. to. Um, is just to try to get our – I know I'm just one person, so I really can't get our society on track, but at least if I can just educate one person, or at least start it within, within my household and let my daughters know and know what sexuality is about and let my, my family members know, my friends know, then hopefully they'll spread the word and they'll be, you know, more comfortable with the idea of it. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. For sure. Well, we appreciate you coming on this show. That just get you know, that was yeah. like a real warm and fuzzy thing. That just happened. I was listening like, yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you ladies for offering me the, the chance to speak. So thank you. Thank you for that, ladies. I look forward to today. Of course. Okay. So um, we've already done a recap we talked about in our last episode just introducing the conversation um about sex in general about like when at what point in the relationship at what point in the dating process but there's another really important conversation we want to have and need to have um not just on this show but in general that is the conversation around consent mm-hmm. um yeah cons- um so Consent right now, there's a, there's a, uh, a, I hate to say movement because I don't like calling it the Me Too movement, even though that's what it's being called. But there, I will say that sexual assault is being highlighted. Now, up oh, first, mm-hmm. let me say, let me issue a trigger warning for anyone who is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the topic of sexual assault may come up. So if you're listening to this and you're triggered by those kinds of conversations, I'm telling you now. Um, so that you're not caught off guard. 
Um, but, um, yes, yeah, so the, the topic of, and the issue of sexual assault is coming up and being highlighted um, because it's not something that's happening more right now. It's being highlighted more. It's been happening, all that kind of stuff. So um, it is important for us to talk about how in the dating process we get to find out if someone is sure they want to have sex with us or if if we are sure, how do we consent to sex and what, what does consensual sex look like? And so I'm really happy to have someone who is studying um, sexuality on here so that you can help mm-hmm. us out with that. So I'm sure that consent is a topic that comes up a lot in your line of study. Um, yes. What, what can you tell us generally about how consent plays into our sexual interactions? Well, I, um, for me, it's pretty, and I think for most, well, I like to think for most people, but people who are definitely mm-hmm. receiving end of the assault, it's pretty cut and dry. If it's not a yes, it's a no. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it's interesting because I was recently watching a, a show or a film today with one of my daughters, and there was a scene where, and, I, you know, you've seen it where the, you know, the, the gentleman was um, sort of, trying to push the subject, and the lady was like, oh, no, we can't, oh, no, we can't. At that moment, that should have been, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to push anymore. Right. But I think because, again, that's why the centralization of, of all that, you know, becomes highlighted in society because people think, oh, she's just playing or she really did want it, and they take that literally. So unless it's like a, a stern no, then anything shy of that, oh, she really wanted it, but she was just beating around the bush, no. It, 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 no matter how I say no and what language and what tone, what demeanor, no is a no. And it shouldn't right. be accepted as anything other than a no. So at least for me and what's been, what's been you know, taught to, to me in, in my profession is no is a no. Um, you know, no, no alcohol. You can't, you can't say, oh, the act, no. No is a no. It's, you know, it, it just is. Um, there was a, it's interesting. I hate, I, I can't show you, but there is actually a little a company and they put they put little sayings and, and little catchphrases on side of their condom wrappers, and it says intoxication does not equal um, does not equal acceptance. Like you can't although you're although I'm I'm drunk and I'm that I'm gonna accept no <laughs> no means no right I, right. I you know I, I wish I wish I could just say it as plain as that and people would get it, but obviously if people got it we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Right. And you brought up something that I know that I'll say I have experienced this and I'm positive. I know at least three more girls who have experienced that, that thing where you're talking to a guy and maybe you guys have been, you know, interacting physically. um, And then it starts to go to a point where you're not comfortable and you say, you know, we can't or no, you know, Let's not take it that far. And he continues to press it. And mm-hmm. it is, I mean, you start to feel uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I've never had it pushed past, not not necessarily pushed all the way toward actual rape, but you get to a point sometimes where you're trying, it seems like you're trying to convince the person that you're serious about not exactly. wanting it. Exactly. And so... Exactly. I, I was talking to another one of my friends who is um, a very sex positive person, and she and she talks a lot about um, these kinds of things. And she was saying, 
um, specifically about emphatic consent. So not only are you waiting for a yes, you don't want it to be a reluctant yes either, which, mm-hmm. you know, some of us, some of us have experience with that. Like you're saying yes because they've asked so many times, you're just like, okay, fine. But it's not exactly. that you really, really, really wanted to do it. Exactly. And, and sadly, that also happens with a lot of younger um, individuals as well, um, whether it's a, you know, a, um, a teenager who's starstruck because her, you know, her or his crush acts not for a date. Mm-hmm. Or it's for, you know, someone who just wants to explore their sexuality and they're just curious and they're like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, it's one of those things where, unfortunately, that person ends up with some form of regret because they're always like, oh, I should have said no. Or, oh, I shouldn't right. have. Like, if ever there is a, a inkling, an inkling of doubt, um, that should be a, your innate clue, your innate, like, sense saying, okay, you know what, I, I'm, let me say no, this is not, this doesn't feel right in my gut, in my gut of guts. It's not going to be a pleasure moment for me or a time for me. So I'm going to have to, and it's so hard to do when those hormones are going and they're raging and mm-hmm. this is the person that you are infatuated with and you do want to be with them and you want them to like you. And if you, you fear if you say no, then, oh, they're going to just hate you and not talk to you again. So that's another side of the, of the coin that, that, that does, you know, the consent a huge disservice because you want to say no and you're, you know, mm-hmm. in every bone in your body tells you you should say no, but, ooh, he not, he's not going to like me if I say no or she won't like me, she won't respect me if I say no. And right. that's, that, that's, that's, you know, that's where the sex education has to come in. We have to teach, you know, our children young, no means no, it's okay to not want to go that, go, go that place with that person. That's, it's okay if they don't like you. They were probably a jerk anyway. So mm-hmm. just, but again, it's it's so it's so so hard because you know th- those pressures or peer pressures is real. It's out there. Yeah. yeah. So. So I know you've mentioned a lot about like sex affecting you uh, mentally and spiritually. So can you share a little bit more um, of what you meant by that and how that's kind of? Because I agree, I think it's kind of pushed under the rug of of how sex can truly change you and true and change the situation you're in, whether it's somebody that you're just dating or somebody in a relationship with or just a one-time fling, it can affect you. So could you share a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so this is just even before I even got into the, you know, to the, to the realm of sex or sexuality, I really feel like every person has a certain energy about themselves, mm-hmm. whether it's a negative energy, a positive energy, um, you just have like people call it an aura. Or that's just how I am. Just a, 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 how you, you know, I get a feel for you. you have, it's just whatever you put off. That's just a, mm-hmm. that's your essence, who you are. And when you share that person, when you share a part of yourself with somebody else intimately like that, you're you're exchanging or sharing energies. And that's on a whole another medical, <laughs> metaphysical, spiritual level because yeah. it's, not, it's not just I'm um, inserting my penis in, you know, in, inside of you. It's just like I am sharing of my energy. I'm sharing of my essence of myself with you. And and people don't understand that that's real. Like the same way some people can take your energy if someone pisses you off or upsets you and you're still fuming, mm-hmm. a, you know, an hour later because, uh, well, guess what? That person stole your happy joy. They stole that energy from you. The same thing can be done sexually. Somebody can steal your or share or partake of your sexual energy from you. And you don't even, people don't even know or realize, but, um, but you're actually giving a little piece of yourself to your, to your sexual partner. 
just because, like, there is a an energy force, you know, within you, around you, and and you again, that's why the whole consent thing is is sort of important because you have to know that when you say yes, you're actually sharing a bigger part of yourself with someone. Um, mm-hmm. It can be a stranger, that's okay. It can be one person, five people, twenty people. But again, as long as it's your consent and you know that you're doing that you're doing it willingly, just understand that that's a piece of you. That's a piece of of, of your essence. It's a piece of your spirit that you're sharing with someone. That's the part that gets overlooked, at least for me, with sex. It's not just, oh, I hit that or that was, you know, whatever. Like, no, you actually, like, you're, you're actually sharing a little piece of yourself. You, you really are, whether, whether you, you know, ejaculate inside of her or inside of a condom. Particularly if it's inside of her, you are <laughs> explicitly giving yourself to somebody else. <laughs> right. There's a lot of weird things that happen there. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, so I I think that part, at least for me, gets overlooked. I feel like it, that gets overlooked so many times because you just don't understand. Like, you're not just getting bones, you know? Right. right. So when so, we also uh, talk about consent, oh, sorry, go. Ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say. So when we also talk about consent, that makes me think of so sometimes you may be consenting to someone that you feel like you know, but. Um, and we brought this up a little bit in the first show, a lot of times we don't have the conversation about their health, their their physical health. Mm. And so mm-hmm. when you're talking about, like, two bodies meeting and inserting new fluids or whatever, um, do you, have you studied or in your studies, do you all discuss um, ways to approach that piece of it? Because I feel like some people are consenting to have sex with you, but they didn't consent to take on this STD that you may be carrying or for people who have mm. something even more serious, HIV, things like that, how should we go about approaching those conversations when we're talking about sex? And, and also, um, is that considered full consent if you don't know what someone is carrying? Um, and that's... To me, and again, I'm, you know, Ms. Pollyanna, I think that it's not full consent because of part of, you know, when you can, and that's why, you know, especially in the legal world, they're big on consent. And if you know most mm-hmm. consent forms that attorneys have you sign, credit card companies have you sign, there's a lot of small print. Yeah. But in essence, they are letting you know everything you're signing up for. It's full disclosure. <laughs> it's full disclosure, and the same should be applied when it comes to sexual, you know, relations. You should know exactly what you're signing for, what you're, what you're stepping into, what you're getting yourself into when you say, yes, I will have sex with you. Well, it, you know, I'm not saying you should have your lab results in your back pocket or anything, but at the same time, you should <laughs> at least respect yourself and your partner, respect your partner enough to say, you know, if there's any issues, then I do owe that to you to let you know. But unfortunately, you know, people aren't, ah, no one cares anymore. They just, again, they just want to get do the deed and walk away. And they, they don't care about their health or safety of their partner. And that's actually, it's funny because there's, um, this came in from a conference recently, and the same mm-hmm. company I was saying who put sayings on condoms have the one I had to go in my purse and look for it. And it actually reads, each time you sleep with someone, you also sleep with their past. Wow. Yeah. And that's something that, like, I, I, I got that. I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's sort of true. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it goes back to the whole, you know, when you, you know, sharing energies, it goes back to, you know, you got to know what you're laying down with. It goes back to, you know, full consent. You have to know that when I'm sleeping with you, I'm sleeping with, you, with your ex. Hopefully your ex told you what he or she had because you may or may not have it and I may or may not contract it. But those right. aren't conversations that we're having with each other. I don't know how we can have those. Um, again, to me, it starts a simple education. Um, I wish the school systems would be more liberal and open in that in that area. They want to, you know, condemn the abortions and they want to say, oh, no, you can only marry this person, only you can only adopt this, but you don't take it to the basics before you even get to that point. Let these mm-hmm. young individuals know what they're dealing with when it comes to sex and that no one's doing that. These kids don't know that, hey, um, <laughs> although you're not walking around scratching your your vagina or your penis, <laughs> you may have gonorrhea. <laughs> right. It may be hidden. Okay. And that's a real thing. Like everybody, I and I totally agree with you, and I work in education. I'm not an educator, but I work in the field of education. And something that I just recently saw was there were parents who were opting out of the education unit of like mm. their biology class That's now so sad. that is totally up to the parent you know whatever but I thought it was interesting because it's mostly anatomical they're not necessarily gonna tell them how to have like they're not gonna be like okay this is how you have an orgasm or anything like that um, which I don't think is a horrible idea either but it, it was mostly just these are the parts of your body. This is where everything goes. This is how to protect yourself, those kinds of things. But there are parents who don't want their kids to have those conversations in school, which works if you're having those conversations at home, which mm-hmm. people are not. So mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it's like, how am I supposed to learn that every STD doesn't present symptoms and that I could be carrying one and passing it on mm-hmm. without ever experiencing any symptoms myself, but my partners that experience them? You know, you don't learn those exactly. things sometimes until you've contracted something and you have to talk to the doctor about it. So mm-hmm. Exactly. I, well, totally I, I, I think. That. I think to your point, that's, and I know that to you, you say every parent has a right, and you are absolutely correct. You absolutely have a right. But when you're talking about the health, and you just can't even say sexual health, because right. those, some, some of those diseases interact your, your, your immune system, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can't mm-hmm. just leave it just on the genitalia area. When you are concerned about the health of your child, you owe it to your child to learn about their body and the body of their spouse or their mate. I'm sorry. Right. Someone's going to say something. So I, I, I don't, I don't, that I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I don't get, but it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why, again, we have a consent issues. Another reason why we have the STDs or, or SIs on a rise because the kids don't know how to address those issues when it comes up in the social setting. They don't, you, you know, um, so, and this is a little bit TMI, but that's okay. So for me, I wasn't <laughs> as open about talking about it when I was when I was younger in college. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, "Hey, who have you been sleeping around?" Like I, that wasn't me. My thing was, "Hey, you got a condom?" <laughs> like no, so, I would I would take perfect. the passive aggressive route instead of just saying, "Oh, so you know, do you have anything?" Or you know, or or if I did say that, I would say it in a joking manner because particularly for me, I was the, the university I attended was reportedly, you know, 
I think near most college campuses always a high incident, incidence mm-hmm. of um, STDs. <laughs> And my dad let me know that, too, as a freshman. So, um, <laughs> so, my, so my conversations were kind of like, oh, you know, I hear you guys have a, a, a high, you know, a high rate of um, chlamydia, so you good, right? Like, I would joke, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even if he said, oh, I'm good, okay, well, okay, I, I trust you and all, but um, you're going to still cover it up? Like, you're going to still put a condom on? Again, (laughs) exactly in the same vein, they can they can very well lie about it and say, "Oh no, I'm good." You know, again, because they don't they haven't seen no symptoms. They're not burning. Mm -hmm. They're not no leaking fluids from their penis, so they don't know that they have something. So it's it's up to it's up to the individuals to care about their body and what's coming in or going out of their bodies. But go ahead. That's true. I was just gonna say that's a good way to segue into like maybe some okay so. We're not sex experts, but I, I, I do have, I mean, I studied communication, and so I'm always interested in how we communicate with people about stuff like this, about topics that kind of seem taboo, which should, they shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but, you know, they kind of are. They're stigmatized conversations. So mm-hmm. you saying that your way of basically telling someone I'm very – I'm particular about my sexual health is just to say, do you have a condom? Is that's perfect. That's it's not it's it's the perfect way to communicate to someone. I think that it is important that we do this safely. I do want to have sex. That's I'm asking you, do you have a condom? I want to have sex, mm-hmm. but I want to do it safely. And if you don't mm-hmm. have a condom, I don't want to have sex. And that's you know that's the perfect way to communicate all of that in just a few words. <laughs> so it, it is. Um, it is. I think is. those kinds of things are important to tell people at a very young age. Not mm-hmm. not super young, obviously, but at a at an age young enough that you're not already out in the world just doing whatever without the safety of knowing how to say to someone, you know, hey, do you have a condom? Or to say, mm-hmm. if you don't have one, I have some in my bag, I can go get one or whatever. And then letting them decline if they don't want to have sex with the condom or whatever. Um, exactly. So I was going to say we can – I wanted to kind of explore some more ways to kind of talk about maybe giving or getting consent. Like what are some other – I mean, obviously, you can just flat out ask someone if they want to have sex, and they can just flat out tell you yes or no. But that could be an awkward conversation for some people. And I think so, it depends on – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, again, I'm, I'm more of a passive-aggressive type of personality. I've already claimed that I got it. Everyone's told me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to come out and say it. I got it. So Your um, sister I'll, is like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> like we own it, we we got it. But we, hey, but we are the queens of it, though. <laughs> we're not gonna just short. We're not gonna do it halfway. We're gonna do it whole. Um, so, um, so for me, um, a passive aggressive way for me to come out and and, and give consent would be, hey, I, you know, and it goes both ways. I think females should be equipped with condoms also. So mm-hmm. my way of giving you consent, boyfriend, is, hey, you were hot and heavy, we're kissing. Like, hey, I got something 
in my drawer um, and I pull it out, like, you good? So that's, that to me is me saying, hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to take this further, I'm ready. I give you my consent without even saying, yes, you may have sex with me. It's just me right. just pulling out my condom out of my bed and just putting it as seductively as possible, as sexy as possible, <laughs> slide yes. that condom right into his hand. Like, all right, let's do this. So that and that yes, requires few few words. Like, you know, we're good. Um, another way of consent, um, and and I and I don't I I really don't want to I don't want to leave it in the young man's power to be right. the one to initiate and ask for consent. So that's why, again, I think that young ladies should be equipped with condoms as well. Um, and, and again, maybe the young man doesn't want to. He's, he doesn't feel ready for that step. So True. it would behoove you know, a young lady to say, hey, you know, are, are we, are we going to do this? Like, act in whatever playful manner you can. But be careful, again, about the playful manner because you don't want to misconstrue that. It's like, oh, I'm just teasing you. Like, right. you know, it can be, you know, however, whatever suits that personality. Some personalities are just like, you know, um, yeah, we're going to, you know, just, again, I don't have that assertive personality, so I can't say what an assertive person would do, but just assert themselves and say, like, yeah, we can we can have sex, we can do this, or whatever whatever verbiage that they would use. But I, I think there are many ways to do it, but I think at the, at the end, at, at, at the end of the night, you have to say, I feel... I, I felt comfortable doing this. I didn't take that right. person's power from agreeing to do this. And I have no, you know, you can have regrets about, oh, I didn't try this position or I should have done this. But the yes. overall act <laughs> itself, <laughs> exactly, the overall act itself, you should have no regrets over that. You should have no regrets over giving your giving someone your consent. It should be a total comfortable and like, all right, at ease and, oof, okay, I'm I'm good with that. I'm 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 good with that. Um, I think it's, another it's, it's one just, that I, oh I was gonna say another one that I have experienced personally is are you okay? Like I know at different points during the whole like you know I guess foreplay part of it mm-hmm. where you're like kissing and stuff. I've been asked you okay a couple times mm-hmm. as things progress. And then I was mm-hmm. able to say yes or no at any point. And sometimes I was okay, and sometimes it was like, no, no, not tonight, whatever. But that mm-hmm. makes you feel good about the situation mm-hmm. because I can tell that this person is also concerned with whether or not I want to do this. And then, of course, that makes the sex more enjoyable because, you know, the person ain't trying to force you to do anything. You, you want to do exactly. it, they want to do it. Everything's cool. Exactly, exactly. So, and so, so I'm happy you said it because also you have to, you know, as, that's why I wish we would educate our children more because that's where the whole, um, not really foreplay, but depending on certain, yeah, it is. Certain cultures consider that as foreplay. Certain cultures right. consider like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I think there's a, and I love 50, but there's a song just a little bit, um, old school song, something, 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 just a little bit. Oh, and he keeps saying, I know what song you're talking like, about. Yeah, he keeps saying just a little bit. Now, just a little bit is fine because those touches, those <laughs> caresses, and those kisses feel nice. But maybe I don't want you to penetrate me. Right. But by the time by the time your panties are off and you're lubricated and you're like, oh, that feels good in your head, you didn't want it to happen. You know, culturally, it's okay because you let me get to this point, so it must be okay to go ahead and you know, 
and stick it in. But it's like, no, I didn't want that. So, again, that's why it's a very slippery slope because I'm happy that you have, you know, someone can check in with you. But not everybody likes to check in because in that culture, in some cultures, you don't need to check in. Just just because she's here in your bed, that must mean she's okay. And it's, that's not the case, though. But people don't right. make that connection. And it needs to be connection. stated that people can change their mind at any point during the experience, mm-hmm. too. Yes. Because that's another thing that gets people mm-hmm. into situations that we didn't want to be in. Is that mm-hmm. Maybe I liked it at first, and now I'm, like, scared or nervous or just regretting it or remembering I need to do something else or just don't feel like it anymore. And I yeah, should order. be able to say, yeah. or or it hurts or it's uncomfortable or whatever. Mm-hmm. I should be able to say, you know what, no, or never mm-hmm. mind, can we stop? Whatever verbiage I want to use, I should be able to decline the sex at any point. Mm-hmm. And he should, too. If exactly things get to any point and maybe I think they're going to go farther and he changes his mind, he should be able to say that he changed his mind or to stop me at any point. And he shouldn't be made to feel like there's something wrong with him for doing so. It's sex, guys. Both people have to be able to participate in it for it to be for it to work. Like, you don't, I don't yeah. even understand wanting to have sex with somebody who visibly or even possibly doesn't want to have sex doesn't with you. Like, I don't get exactly. wanting to persuade them. That's crazy. And well, that's the reason they're psychopaths and they're probably locked up in jail. Because, like, and, like when someone says no to you and their, their body is telling you no, <laughs> they're saying right. no and they're warding all, like, how is that attract? Like, how is that attracted? And that's why it's, you know, People can argue, oh, it's about the power, it's about whatever, but that's 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 not sexual. That's not that's not sex. That's you're overtaking somebody's power. That, there's nothing sexy exactly. about that unless they consent to it. And that's a whole different. That's BDSM world. That's a whole other world right there. But if they're telling but, you, and no, even in that world, that there are strict rules on no, very strict BDSM. rules. Mm-hmm. There's safe words. Very strict rules. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just be out here dragging people around and doing all kinds of whatever. <laughs> without their consent. That's just not how exactly. BDSM right. works. <laughs> well, the, but a great thing about DSD, BDSM is that they have, again, contract and consent before they even go that way, before they even mm-hmm. start to initiate those those um, narratives. Like, hey, I'm, I'm John. Hey, Jane. All right, give me, give me your no-goes. Don't touch what, don't do what to you. So they right. go over that before they even engage in any form of play. And that, I have to respect that. So you can, you can, do whatever you want to with me with, you know, with the, you can flog me, you can whip me, you can tie me up. But before we even got to that point, you knew, hey, don't do this to me. Don't do that to me. If you do, I have a, there's a way to, to bag out from that. But, you know, the, in, in the regular society, in the layman's um, world where we just do whatever we want, we don't have those contracts and rules. And that's, that's unfortunate right. because – People have these misconceptions on, you know, sexuality and how it should be experienced. And that's, that's, a, that's shame because sex is a really beautiful thing if done the right way. And right. people aren't doing it the right way. <laughs> They're not getting consent. They're forcing themselves. They're, you know, assuming one thing when it's not the case. Yes, assuming. Uh, I was going to say another tip, in my opinion, that might work and has worked for me is while you're dating someone, I know we talked a little bit in the first, in part one about when to bring up sex mm-hmm. as a conversation. And I think before you get 
to, if you've been dating someone for a while and you are purposely waiting for the right time to initiate sex or to participate in sex, I think talking about it ahead of time is a good idea. Like actually Mm -hmm. having a sexual conversation with the person, maybe not like, Well, I don't know. I was going to say maybe not, like, in full detail, but maybe in full detail. You never know. Well, you, maybe. Well, again, it depends, depends on the personality. Again, I'm a passive-aggressive right. person. And I know for me what works, um, what used to work, is like, hey, you know, I have a friend who's in a situation where her boyfriend did this. Or, you know what, or, or if you're off on a date, pick a movie or pick, you know, or, or like, did you see that show where, or have you heard about the whole Bill Cosby thing? Or you haven't heard about the whole Wine, Harvey Weinstein thing? How do you how do you feel about that? Do you think that's a good you know, way to feel people out too? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you do, like, if you use like a case study per se, and just hey, how do you feel about that? Do you think those women deserve that? Do you think that that really happened? Do you think he should have done that? Mm, I'm just interested because my girlfriend and I were talking about that. We're just really interested in what like a guy's perspective without without judgment because you don't want to put him one way or another. Like, and we just really, I'm just really interested on how you, how do you perceive that? What do you think about that? And just let him talk himself in or out of a next date, you know? That's just good. let him do the talking. And you can use that, you could even bring that into specific asking, how to ask about specific sexual acts. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you don't know what the person likes. You, you guys have never had sex before. You're both interested in having sex, but you haven't gotten there yet. So we talk about it first. Like, what do you like? What kinds of stuff do you like? What Have you ever done X, Y, and Z? And that depends on the level of comfort you have with the person, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you're comfortable enough to have sex with them, y'all might as well talk about it first. Talk it's already vulnerable, yeah. Yeah, exactly. what kind of stuff do you like? Well, I've never done X, Y, and Z. You know, mm-hmm. what, you haven't done it. Have you done it? Yes, I've done it. Would you ever be interested in trying it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Like, that's how you find out people's, Hard yeses and hard noes. Like, I will never try that. I don't want to do that. And then, mm-hmm. yes, I think they also to be able to be comfortable enough to say that they're uncomfortable with those conversations. Because like we mentioned in the first show, I that stuff weirded me out, having conversations about sex, open dialogue about it. <laughs> I'm okay with saying what I'm uncomfortable with, but I don't, it's not fun for me to sit on the phone and talk about different positions and all of this stuff. It really makes me uncomfortable safety mm-hmm. so then how the important piece of the conversation but not necessarily what i like what i don't like type thing it's just not a dialogue i really like to have well well but then how well, do I, people I, find out what do you what you like to do and what you don't like to do well how it's is, almost a little bit trial and, it's almost like trial and error though because um okay um it's like once you get to that consent level and it's finalize, okay, we can engage in sex, we can do that, then you may get in, in the bed and say, I don't I don't like that. But if he does it the right way, like, oh, I guess I do like that. So it's right. almost like you like you don't want to close the door to exploring your sexuality with the right person because you because your your body, believe me, your body responds differently to a different partner. Yeah, yes, really that does. is very true. It really does. So and I, yeah, so, I think when you talk I'm, about trial and error, that's kind of like how I learned because I was somebody who was really scared to explore my sexuality until I got mm-hmm. with somebody who made me comfortable enough to try different things. But I didn't know what I didn't like because I was uncomfortable with the topic of sex altogether. And that also mm-hmm. has to do with sex education. That wasn't something that 
I just openly talked about with my mom. Like I said in the first show, she told me, you know, if you get curious, I would rather you come to me so that we can talk about it. But it was never like, oh, girls should be free with their sexuality and go have sex and do this and do that. Mm -hmm. And even behind my parents' back, I still wasn't talking to my friends about sex. It just wasn't a conversation I was having. So to have it with somebody that was a potential partner, I don't think I ever, like, wrote down a diary, like, on this day, I had this feeling about this guy. So now I'm going to talk to him and tell him what I think I might like. It literally, like, I kind of just learned as I went about what I liked based on what they did. Because I also, for a long time, and I'm celibate now, but for a long time when I, I, I was active, um, I'm lying, I wasn't even active <laughs> But while I was while I was having sex, like that was it was more of I was not the dominant person, and I don't think I could have been in a situation where I was sleeping with the person that was not dominant because I learned as I went. I learned through experience mm-hmm. with my partner. The only thing that I mm-hmm. felt was necessary to talk about was safety precautions. And don't choke me because that freaks me out type thing. Like, other than that, yeah. I didn't really have, like, oops, like a sexual well, conversation because I was uncomfortable. Well, if you don't have those, if you don't have them, then you wouldn't have anything to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I'm not saying that the, that talking about sex beforehand is the only way to do it. But what I'm saying is mm-hmm. if you are a person that, is comfortable with those conversations. Have them before you start having sex with the person. Just because, first of all, because that can let you know if you really want to have sex with the person or not, first of all. And that, in my personal experience, I don't mind talking to someone about sex. I'm not going to talk to you about sexual acts if I don't plan on having sex with you, though. So there's one. So if you initiate a sexual conversation with me and I'm not trying to have that conversation, I probably don't want to have sex with you. Two, (laughs) once we start talking about some things that we like and don't like, maybe you like a lot of things that I've already decided I don't even want to try with anybody, regardless of partner. Like maybe, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe I like some stuff that my partner or potential partner may be uncomfortable with, so maybe we don't even need to take it there. That's what I was trying mm-hmm. to say. Like, there's that's another piece of the consent part, too. Like, if you – because there's some stuff that I may like that some people don't like or whatever, or maybe I think this particular type of sex is so vanilla, it sounds so boring. And if it sounds mm-hmm. boring, it's probably going to be boring to me. So we probably don't mm-hmm. need to take it there, and that – you know, cancels out a certain portion of the relationship that I didn't need to introduce, and we did it through conversation. That's all I'm trying to say. That it, it helps with getting to the point of consent if you're a person who is open to communicate about sex. That way you don't waste time once you actually start or get yeah. to the point of well, sex and you regret it because it just wasn't that good. But you might have known that had you talked to him about it before. <laughs> well, I think it goes up to your point again. Like, it's all on a personal, a preferential Absolutely. level. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, some people are, are, are just as, again, they're assertive. They can talk about it. They're comfortable with their bodies. They're comfortable with sex. And, that, hey, this is, I don't. I don't like anal. Don't do me. Don't hey. Right. Don't even wander that area. I'm not. I, I will kick you. Don't even go there. <laughs> Some people are like, you know what? I don't know. Like, 
well, maybe like maybe one try one time we can try it because yeah, I've heard you know great. So so, but again, those those personalities who are going to be a little bit more assertive about you know right. stic- particular sex acts in the bedroom. You know, um, I know for me again, <laughs> um, I'm not going to say hey, don't do this, but I'm gonna we're gonna start vanilla. You know, um, mm-hmm. or I I guess uh, one partner for the past you know eighteen some years, but you know. Start vanilla, and as we grow old, as we, I, I just found out something about myself sexually a few, a few weeks ago, like two, three weeks ago. Like, oh, I didn't think I would like that, but I like that. See, oh, now yeah. that's a testament to these people who think when you stick to one person, it's gonna get more and more boring. No, it can mm-hmm. get more and more mm-hmm. fun over the years, guys. <laughs> this is no, thing. my husband can he, my husband can attest to this. Uh, he would jump up here right now. <laughs> sex, when sex, what? Like, no, I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just talking. I'm just talking about it. <laughs> exactly. But believe me, we are. It does not get old and does not get boring. And I and I think with and it's not even like. It's not even about like wine and aging and like over. It's not even about that. It's just about your body grows, you grow, your experiences grow, your sensations mm-hmm. develop, and you just find out more things about your body and his body. You, I mean, you may find an erogenous zone you missed for the past ten years. Like, oh, oh, that feels great there. I didn't even know that. Like, so it's it's. That, believe me, it, it does not get old. And I, you know, maybe when we're 85 and we're too arthritic to move around, it may get like <laughs> uh, sore. <laughs> but for right now, it's it's like, and he even he's you know he comes it's like I feel like I'm still dating you because it's we just Aww. and it's not even like oh, it's not amazing. even like hard work. Well, thank you. It's not even like hard work. It's just you again. It's that whole you have this connection with this person because our energies are in sync and a small piece of me with you and vice versa. So I get you and and we'll you know if it's if it doesn't flow right if it if it doesn't feel right, dude. I'm gonna let you know. Like I know you thought you could try that, but no, I'm not. No, we're not doing that. And but again, I had to. I, I'm not the assertive one, we had to get to a point where, we, where we, I could openly say those types of things. But right. as far as the dating, dating world goes, when I was, oh, I don't even know how, when I was dating, I know I wasn't that assertive when I was dating. I know that it was, you know, we would, it would be basic until something was tried. I'm like, oh, no, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think at those, at those moments, after consent has been given just for the sexual act itself, there's any deviation from that, then we can explore that. Like, all right, um, probably not going to happen. <laughs> probably, right. again, that's after consent. That's a, a special word. Mm-hmm. After consent has been given again. And then you can explore other stuff. But I, I wasn't the one to talk about it. Like, like you were saying, I'm not going to, you know, it just wasn't my comfort level. Now it is, but I'm old, so I can talk about it. I don't care now. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't care. <laughs> See what type of things I had to look forward to. <laughs> okay. But I, I think I've gotten a lot more comfortable, but it really does depend on the person because I think before I was it super absolutely chilled does. in, and it, I just for some reason, as crazy as it sounds, I felt more comfortable not knowing. I was so worried about getting exposed. So for me, mentally, the more I got. My fear was being considered a freak, and I think that that mm-hmm. word gets tagged to women a lot more than it does men in a way oh, that is derogatory. So mm-hmm. I was always like, well, I don't want to be exposed to this or to that, and then I like it, and I'm seen as a freak, or if I try these things, am I going to seem like I'm nasty? Or it, It's just everything about 
what is considered sex positive for a female was always mm-hmm. like I seen it as a bad thing. So I would just try to stay away from it. Like, oh, I don't want to try this. I don't do that. Good girls don't do this. Good girls don't do that. And I, I wouldn't even want to talk about it because I didn't want to expose, get exposed to it and get curious and then try it and then have to deal with the guilt of feeling like a freak. That's how I used to think. Now not mm. so much, like I said, because I think I met somebody when I did want to explore more, I met somebody that didn't make me feel shameful for wanting to try those things or wanting to learn more. But it took a minute for me to even be open to learning what I liked and didn't like. Um, because that's before a, I was just like, oh, oh I don't want to do any of that. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that's really important. That That's a really important note to make as far as dynamics between heterosexual couples, men and women. Because I don't really know. I'm not that, you know, educated on what happens elsewhere. But Me when, and it's so stupid, but when you're having sex with someone, to feel ashamed of having sex with someone and it's the person you're having sex with that is making you feel a little bit ashamed of it, ashamed of the things mm-hmm. that you like or ashamed for knowing something that they didn't teach you or whatever the case may be, that's not – that you shouldn't feel uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the person you're having sex with. You just shouldn't. Like, right. if you're – and it shouldn't – I mean that in the in the sense of they shouldn't be making you feel uncomfortable for having sex with them. But that right. is a dynamic between men and women, like – if I like mm-hmm. sex as a woman, I'm seen as a freak or a hoe. No matter how many sexual partners I've actually had, if I, if I feel okay with having sex, if sex is not taboo to me, if I can talk about it openly, and I know this because this is the person that I am, and I have not had that many <laughs> sexual partners, but I'm okay with sex. I don't mind talking about it. I don't mind exploring certain things. I don't mind talking about the desire to explore certain things. And some people see that as, you sound like a hoe. But it's like, how, when, first of all, I'm not getting paid to do any of this. Second of mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. <laughs> second of all that I don't have that many sexual partners. And even if I did, who, I mean, you know, these are my decisions, my choices. These are the things that I wanted to do. Whereas men, this is how they're supposed to talk. Men are supposed to talk the way that I'm talking mm-hmm. and being looked down on. So it is hard sometimes, especially when I was younger, to feel like, oh, I want to try this and try that or whatever, but talking to a boy about that or a, a, a young man about it, they make me feel uncomfortable because it's like, why do you know that? How do you know that? How many guys have you been with? And I shouldn't be feeling like that. I shouldn't be made to feel like that by someone who supposedly wants to have sex with me. That's what kind of, mm-hmm. what is that? <laughs> Well, it's, it's we funny. comfortable enough to have sex with each other, but uncomfortable with the fact that I like the sex. What? But well, it's, it's funny because at the, the the clinical side of me is taking over at the at the at the at the heart at the core of most maladaptive behaviors and beliefs and self perceptions is shame. Like yeah. what do you feel? What mm-hmm. you got shame from your parents? Shame from society, as you were saying. Shame from a young gentleman who's going to say, "Oh, what are you oh, like?" It's, it's shame, and it doesn't just, you know, and it can go the other way. Like, you know, young, you know, not even young, but gentlemen who maybe can't can't um, get a proper erect penis are like they're too shameful to say to claim that. So they do, 
you know, they either they do other promiscuous acts or they just wild out on some other form because they're too ashamed to admit it's it's always it's always shame. And and mm-hmm. I don't know how we can eradicate that, but I wish we could because that can open the doors to so many people's full potential. If you just get rid of that shame and just own up to like who you are and and your and 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 your desires, what you want whether it's in or out of the sexual world. Just, this is what I want. I, I want to be the, the head boss lady. I want to do this, or I want to I be this mom. I don't want to be I, I, Whatever you want to do or be, there's this shameful part. It's like, oh, I can't because I was told this, or I'm going to be perceived this way. Or, and, mm-hmm. you know, and bring it back to sex, it's the same way. Like, I will say I am not Kim Kardashian's biggest fan, far from it the most. Far from it, but I you absolutely because I don't like her. Either. Well, as <laughs> but I absolutely, I her, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> I absolutely deplore how people are raking her over the over the um, coals. But you know, she wasn't by herself. Like no one's right, asking right. how many people Ray J slept with, or how many people Kanye slept with, or how many people whomever else she like. No one was was going in on their partners. They went in on her sexual past. I'm like, well, hold on. It takes two. To, I didn't see any masturbation tapes. I saw sexual. I okay. saw sex tapes. There was somebody so, else in the room. Thank you. <laughs> Why can't you guys go in on? But again, that's that's society. We know as 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 proper young ladies, we're supposed to have one partner and supposed to satisfy that one partner for the. Like, come on. Let's be real. Like, really, come on. That's unfair. <laughs> And if you do anything other than that, like you said, you're seen as a, as a slut, as a hoe, as a freak. Really. Because you kind of can deal with an assertive young lady. Fuck out of here. Excuse me. Get out of here. Don't, don't, don't get me started on that one. Don't get me started on that one. I lose my, I, I lose my Sunday best on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think that point is a really good point to wrap this segment up on just the idea that if you can find a way to get around the idea of shame or past it mm-hmm. or over it or whatever, to let go of the shame that's associated with sex, we can mm-hmm. cut back on a lot of issues with consent, on a lot of mm-hmm. issues with boring sex or not good sex. Um, the fact that, you know, all these studies come out all these different years about women not being sexually satisfied but continuing to have sex with the same partners over and over again because it's shameful for us to say that we have preferences on sex Mm -hmm. because like you said we're supposed to have only had one partner we're not supposed to know he the man is supposed to tell us what we like and don't like um but you know so i think that's a really great conversation for for us to leave off on because it can take us so far in our personal lives and whether you Mm -hmm. have to actually go seek counseling or just do some more studying on sex and what you like and don't like and just break yourself out of that shamefulness. Do what you got to do because it will help exactly. us in our interactions with each other, in our, future, in our current sexual partners, in our future sexual partners. Release that shame and get a little bit more freedom and, and so you can have some comfort in your sexuality. That's all. You don't have to be the most outgoing sex person or whatever, but you should at least be able to feel comfortable with your sexuality and with sharing that with the person that you want to share it with. So, thank you so much for coming thank on you and so talking to us. Yes, this is a great conversation no. and a necessary one. 
Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you, ladies, again for inviting me. I, you know, like I said, I can talk about sex all day, so I, I didn't yes. mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> we are glad to have you. Um, Candice, let's do lessons learned with Cheryl. Yes, that works. So I'll go first. Okay, so, um, so oh, wait, ahead. let's explain it so she knows what we're doing because I, okay. we, I don't know if everybody <laughs> is the portion of, portion of the show where we just give one lesson that we've learned um, on the topic that we've been discussing for this episode. So this episode has been in two parts, and it's been about sex and dating. So any lesson that you learned um, on sex and dating goes here. So Candice is going to start us off. Okay. So for me, I think um, – the biggest lesson I learned is something that we probably didn't go too heavy in, but when it came to sex is not letting um, sex make me feel like I was obligated to staying with the person. Um, I think I got super involved with somebody and crazy connected to them because it was the first person I was seriously exposed to sex with. And it, it didn't force me, but I stayed in the situation a lot longer because I was so connected to them um, and I guess kind of afraid to be exposed like that with anybody else, so it was just easier to go back to my comfort zone. So um, my lesson there is that it's okay to just move on. I think I found peace when after that I decided to make my choice of when I wanted to be sexual again and be okay with the people who did not want to be around if I wasn't having sex. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, I'll go next. So Cheryl can have some time to think about hers. Um, I would say that my lesson learned in regards to sex is um, just because you can do something doesn't mean it's a good idea. That's something that I learned regarding sex. It's just because I said I went through a phase where I was abstinent and I changed my mind on that. Then I was having sex with somebody I loved, and then I changed my mind on that. Then I wanted to explore casual sex, and I decided that casual sex wasn't for me. So I just had to build my sexual boundaries around what I felt like was a good idea for me, not necessarily what somebody else tells me I should be doing at this age or you single now, so you should be doing X, Y, Z. What I feel comfortable with, is this, and this is the sexual, the sex life that I want to have. And so I've actually been learning that in my 20s is just how to make the sexual decisions that I want to make and be comfortable with those. Like, these are the decisions I want to make, and I will explain them to the people that I'm having sex with, but I don't have to keep explaining myself over and over again to anybody because these are my decisions, and they are the healthiest ones for me, et cetera. So... That's good. Okay, well, I have learned, talking to you, to tell the young ladies, is that sex is not confounded by the physical act. Sex can um, mean the intimacy you share with someone through conversations, the intimacy you share with someone just by being in their presence. Um, Sex doesn't mean the physical act of, you know, insertion. Sex could mean whatever expectations you have on yourself before you even go into the bedroom. Uh, sex could mean the narrative you're playing in your head um, about what you, the discussion you're going to have with that person about sex, about the physical act of it. Uh, I think I learned that sex encompasses so much more than just 
All right, we're laying down, horizontal or vertical, however you want to do it. Um, <laughs> but but sex is just much more than just the act. It's 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 a it's a feeling. It's a it's a connection that you know that 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 just doesn't start and end with just you know insertion. That's what I learned. That's a good one. That's good. Thank you. Well, I think that does it. Thank you again. No problem. Thank you, ladies, again. Thanks so much, Cheryl. And we will definitely send you the link so that you have um, the show and you can hear it back once we edit it. Um, our show is a biweekly podcast, so we post every other Monday. But since it's our anniversary show, um, we'll be posting this show this upcoming Monday. Happy anniversary. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Enjoy your fourth. Thank you. You too. All righty. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, everybody, that wraps up our birthday anniversary episode. This marks one year of us being on the air, and it has been so crazy, so great. Like, oh, my gosh. It's just so much. So much, It's been a year. That's crazy. Right? I didn't even. started this a year ago. Mind you, we just kind of looked up one day and was like, you know, our anniversary is coming up. Like, this was not a thing where we were really (laughs) right. That's so crazy because it just did not seem like it had been that long already. So thank y'all. We're really excited to share this experience with you guys. We're excited about how our audience has grown over the past year. And we hope it continues to grow because it makes it a lot more fun when we know that someone is listening and when we know that you guys have things to add to. Like, again, we really appreciate that. But, um, oh, so also, that- before you, before you close it out, I was just going to say also guys going into this next year, if you guys are looking to sponsor the shows, um, have your products, um, spoken about and put out on our shows. What, what are we, we surpassed 10,000 plays last year. And mm-hmm. right, so we mm-hmm. can only go up from there. So definitely, if you guys are interested, that's also something that you can message us about um, to discuss next steps as far as getting your company or product or whatever it may be um, on our show. So definitely reach out to us about that if you have any questions. Yes. And with that being said, please be sure to leave comments and on Instagram and SoundCloud and let us know what you think about it. Of course, you can always email us at Save the Date. SOS at gmail.com. You guys know that this is a bi weekly podcast, so you can catch us here not next week, but next, next week. And you can follow us at our personal Twitter handles. Oh, first of all, you can follow us on Instagram at Save the Date Podcast. And then you can follow our personal Twitters at Imani or whatever. And I reek success. And guys, I actually just unlocked my Instagram page. What? You finally unlocked, unlocked it. it. It's a free-for-all. I unlocked Everybody it. go plug Candace's page. <laughs> tag. Tag. I'm about to tag you on everything so everybody can go follow you. It's everybody. We following Candace. Oh it's a it's a Candace follow train. I request go follow her now. She's having all her pictures up. Yes, you're going to post. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm on follow. Right. And so my Instagram is the same as my Twitter handle at Irie. You heard her, guys. 
Y'all seen her. She thick. So y'all know she gonna be cute. All, all right. right. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>